Welcome back. You're listening to The Fringe Following. This is Lucina. I'm in for Michelle again, and today is Monday, December the 14th, 2020. If your government came to you and said this about the vaccine, what would be your first thought? That's their choice. This is not going to be a mandatory campaign. It will be voluntary. There will be some restrictions that may be placed on people who don't have vaccines for travel purposes to be able to go to theaters and other places. Hmm. Does that sound like a choice to you? Yeah, that's not really a choice. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, so interestingly, this is actually the Canadian government. Um, well, sorry, not the Canadian government, the Ontario provincial government in Canada has said this. Now it doesn't end here. And there's going to be more on this throughout the episode, but we're going to talk about how, as the Trump campaign gains momentum and flips, um, that we're, what we're seeing around the world is the great reset being really pushed um, through the media, we're seeing it, we're seeing it pushed in obviously different countries. I did go over that, you know, in some detail in the last episode. However, you know, there's just so much I couldn't possibly cover it all. But I do believe you got the idea. So back to this. So uh, in uh, Ontario, Canada, they do have what they're saying is they won't force the vaccine on anyone, but caution, there will be consequences for those who don't take it. Uh, and so in the last episode, I talked, I talked a little bit about their plans for, you know, forcing, you know, if you forcing, basically forcing this on people through uh, financial means. And I don't know if this is the final plan, but I do see parts of this plan already playing out. So initially it will begin with losing your privileges. Uh, so again, not really a choice at all. And, uh, eventually as well, I think it may end up being what their initial plan was. However, sometimes I feel like they're sort of making this up as they go along, as they see fit, because, there's a couple of other issues, obviously, with this vaccine, and uh, we're going to talk about that just in a few minutes. Um, so, but I am going to tie this into how the Trump campaign seems to be doing a flip and how they are really, you know, it really seems that the deep state, these, you know, hidden elite, um, well, hidden and known elite, we see that their plans to move forward has they have been sort of fast forwarded as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at all that just here in a few minutes. But one of the most important things we want to look at. So last week, um, last week, Donald Trump's or we had Texas and 17 other states that joined um, Texas in a lawsuit that's going to the Supreme Court. Um, and so this is where the flip is already starting to happen. And the momentum truly is growing for Donald Trump, um, as these investigations continue to happen. And I truly believe that this will end up in the Supreme court. I've believed this for a while, um, which my theory, obviously many people have thought the same thing. This was another reason why we needed to get, um, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, sworn in before the election. That was so key. And that was a huge pushback came from, 
you know, the deep state, the Democrats, it really, there's a huge pushback on just anyone who, and I, and I don't want to just say it's the Democrats. There definitely were some Republicans. There's a huge pushback on having her sworn in. And, um, so let's continue on that. And last week there was one, um, or there was one that was recently rejected. What we really need to understand is that that was not, um, a, lawsuit brought forth by the Trump Trump campaign itself. So really just ignore this. I mean, some, cause I've seen some people, you know, that I know, uh, in social media who are talking about this. Well, they rejected it, but why is it still on the docket? No, they didn't reject the one that the, the Trump campaign or team have brought forth. They rejected, um, you know, this one by, not this major one brought forth by the states, but it, but another one that was brought forth, which was unrelated to the Trump campaign. What we're seeing right now, and I'll link to this with Breitbart, um, he had an article put out uh, on December 7th about this. Uh, what's happening is the real campaign that will eventually um, end up in the Supreme Court sorry, the real case that will end up in the Supreme Court is actually the one where there are 17 states that have joined Texas where they are suing other states, okay? Um, and if you actually take a look at Bright, the Breitbart article, um, a lot of it's going to come down to the fact that these are, you know, the elect the electors, um, clause of the constitution were actually, there was changes made to voting rules and procedures. And we are seeing that on a massive scale right now, as they continue to do their investigations, this information comes very much to light. And again, it doesn't really matter what your political persuasion is. Um, this should bother every single person that casted a vote in this past election or in many of the elections over the, the past 20 plus years, uh, because I think this is going to reveal, obviously in this case, the, the fraud and, you know, the voter fraud and the election fraud was on such a grand scale in so many different ways, um, to a point where it's even hard to track it all, you know, and I think that's kind of also the point, cause it's hard to say, well, but what's happening and, and what's fizzling out is their claims that, oh, it was a, a system glitch. Yeah, well, with software, yeah, you can see that happening occasionally, but it's happened in every single state and county. You've had, you know, you have counties where um, 100% of the votes were cast for one candidate. We know that's statistically impossible. We've had more, a higher voter turnout than there are residents in some cases turn out to vote. I mean, it is unending and you know, you're not going to see any of this in the mainstream media. They are kind of chalking it up to a nothing burger, but what they are doing because they realize, well, gee, we can't really hide all of this. I mean, people are really asking questions and it's getting, you know, kind of, it's all coming to the surface they're still passing it off as nothing. And what I always find fascinating about the deep state and their media minions is that they always 
Um, you know, if it works in their favor, they're going to say that there is or was election fraud. If it doesn't work in their favor, they're going to say that the elections are totally safe. But I think we've kind of figured out now, uh, I think the majority of us have figured out that there's something not right when you have so many citizens coming out willing to put everything on the line and sign these documents, these affidavits, basically saying if they're lying, they will go to jail. You know, what, what good would that do them to come out and lie about it? And I think that that, that was a really smart move on um, Trump's legal team because now where are they going to go? What, these people are going to lie and give up everything and risk going to jail um, unless they could prove it? And I think that that was a, su a super smart move. Um, and with that, what we're seeing is a lot coming out. Um, and as we do, we're seeing how, um, just going back to the Breitbart article about why these elect these states are suing other states because which is also a smart move because they're, they were changing rules at the last moment. I mean, with the whole thing with the Sharpies being switched out, um, you know, anyway, you know, it's just unending or not letting um, both uh, or not letting the votes be properly certified and validated on both sides and having um, certain people stand back when they're supposed to be part of um, the certification process. So those are all things that are legally part of the constitution. And, you know, they changed and decided to make their own rules at the last minute. And it's incredible to me that they thought that they could do this on such a large scale and completely get away with it. And well, there's just too much evidence out there now, too much proof that something went wrong that now, yes, the media is kind of backtracking on their stories a little bit, but they're still kind of playing it off as not a big deal, or it was a slight amount, or there was a glitch. So they're just kind of making it to sound not that big of a deal to anyone who's following mainstream media. You've probably heard that. And you're not going to hear um, any of the extreme cases or things that have happened or the evidence and all of that. And when something like some of these cases or this one case that wasn't brought forward by the Trump campaign and it was actually, you know, denied by the Supreme Court, well, you know, the media is all over that. And every single person, you know, that watches the media or has, you know, they're anti-Trump or whatever, they're out there talking about about this and how see, you know, it's almost like see, it's not going to the Supreme Court. See, everything's kosher. And that's okay. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about what people think or say about it. Uh, I'm a little bit, um, I'm sitting back and just watching. And sometimes it's frustrating to kind of see what they're doing and see people buy into it. But then I just have to remind myself that, you know, just not everybody is fully awake or fully understands what's happening right now. And their only source of information usually is the mainstream media. And I think for a long time, we thought we were getting fair and balanced news from some of those news sources like Fox News, for example. And, and so as we go on, we realize, no, that's not the case, right? So as this uh, continues to flip in Trump's favor, and I kind of knew already that by mid-December, we were going to see that move forward. 
Um, as this happens, don't be surprised um, that, you know, you can't be surprised about the censorship campaigns um, that have gone on or her, who are, that are taking place right now. So they've really ramped this up. You know, uh, I think a lot of us have heard by now. And if you haven't, YouTube um, announced that it will remove videos criticizing Joe Biden's alleged victory and reporting on election fraud or errors, instead promoting the content of corporate media outlets and fact checkers. So YouTube has already declared its position. So what's really interesting about this is that we know that these social media platforms are, they're just social media platforms. Why are they deciding what we get to talk about when it comes to the election results? Um, everybody's talking about it, but it's almost like they're really trying to control this narrative as much as possible because they really want to push it down and not let the people find out anything on their own. And there is, you know, the, if there's nothing to worry about, why censor? Why are we censoring on such high levels? And, you know, I think it's pretty obvious why, because if, you know, the more this information doesn't reach people, then the more they can push their agenda, the more people will, some people just end up going back to what they know. Um, and those people who are kind of stuck there, just sort of, you know, listening to the mainstream media, I think they're hoping that those people will never hear another side of the story. Um, and so, but unfortunately, you know, more and more people are figuring out something's just not right. And you do get that feeling like something's not right. It's not even just about what we're seeing, but we also got to search out like, well, what is this? Does this seem, we have to be able to discern, like, does this seem kosher? Does this seem like they're actually, um, feeding us the truth and that everything was done properly in the election? Well, I think if you really search it out, on a discernment level, you can tell that that's not the case. What's also interesting is um, on December 9th, and I'm going to post the link to this, it's the Epic Times or the Epoch Times, they posted an article about um, how the inauguration committee of the U.S. Congress failed to pass a simple resolution to acknowledge Joe Biden as president-elect. Right. So this happened, and of course, right in time for the censorship campaigns uh, to really begin to get really ugly. Um, so they know what, what is what, and you have to understand the reason why this all matters. Why does it matter that they're censoring as Trump, as things flip in Trump's favor, they're censoring information about that in order to keep it going, keep the narrative going that um, Joe Biden has, um, you know, actually won. And I just find that just so fascinating. And, and if you really see what, what the correlation is here is that I believe it has a lot to do with the fact that the deep state needs their person in there and they don't want to let that go. And so they're kind of, they, you know, if you think back to Joe Biden's campaign, he didn't actually do any campaigning. So, or he did very little. So 
I think because they already knew, well, we're going to have to like cheat on a grand scale. And I'm not talking necessarily about like Joe Biden and his campaign. Remember the deep state goes so deep. We don't even know who these individuals are. And there's a lot of different players involved, a lot of bad actors, a lot of people involved in all of this and, um, influencing the entire process. And so it's not really just, I wouldn't, I can't just point my fingers at Joe Biden's campaign because I know it goes much deeper. And a lot of these people are puppets and playing a part. So they needed their guy in there, regardless of who it was, you know, and so that they can continue with their, with their reset plans. And as this flips, we see more and more talks of these vaccination programs, more talks about what's going on with the vaccine and things like that. Interestingly, just after I recorded the last episode, um, I spoke with a client of mine in Poland and I asked him, Hey, so how's everything going there? What's going on with the lockdowns, things like that. And he said, well, there really isn't a lot, isn't a lockdown, but our leaders came out um, and announced that we, uh, that the vaccines are coming to Poland and that, um, it's a choice, but it's really not a choice. And I said, well, what makes you say that? And he said, well, um, if you take the vaccine, uh, everything will be fine, quote unquote, fine for you. You'll have freedom. If you choose not to take the vaccine, then, you know, you can't travel. You have to wear a mask all the time. You don't have basically the same privileges as most other people. Your kids will not be able to attend school, you know, and the list goes on. So does that sound like a choice? No, it's not a choice. Um, that's not a choice. You're basically choosing, you know, you know, I'm not saying I don't really know about the vaccine on all levels, but from what I'm seeing and what I'm learning, and I can see why there's a lot of pushback on this. And I'll talk about that for a few minutes here shortly, but let's just say it does cause the damage or even death that they're talking about. So you're basically choosing death or a lifetime of serious illness and and health complications or you have no freedom to go anywhere or do anything. Um, and I'm just thinking, and, and it's really funny because he said, well, they came out as well afterwards and they said, but don't worry, the vaccine is safe. That's all they're saying. Oh, really? So that's a close and shut case then. The vaccine is totally safe because you say it's safe. And he said, how do they know it's safe? I mean, Pfizer, and this is really important to note, Pfizer has somehow found a way to absolve themselves of any damage, any responsibility for damages or death. Um, if you watch amazing Polly, she's on BitChute. She was taken off YouTube as well. Um, about a couple of months ago, but she's on BitChute and amazing Polly's still there. She still uploads a video or two each week. And her recent video actually talks a lot about um, what's going on with the vaccine. And, um, she just does always, as always does incredible research. So I will also leave a link to her channel on BitChute. It's free to sign up there. Um, so don't worry about that. It is a free video platform. 
Um, you can still go and catch her there for the time being. BitChute shoot seems to be pretty cool, but, uh, it definitely, we'll see what happens if they keep trying to, um, infiltrate wherever people are going because people are moving over to BitChute in hordes. Um, okay. So back to, uh, back to the vaccine. So what amazing Polly's theory is, and it kind of, I can see how it would make sense is that they are going to mix different vaccine company companies, you know, together sort of when they are administrating, uh, you know, administering this, um, vaccine. And her theory is, is that this is actually how they're going to get around the damages and lawsuits because you won't be able to trace the damage. You won't be able to trace like, where did it come from? Was it Moderna? Was it Pfizer? Was it any of these other companies? How do you, how are you going to know who it was? And that's her theory on it. And I can see how that works. And obviously we'll see how, how that plays out. But the fact of the matter is if they're already looking at um, different ways to um, absolve themselves of any responsibility, or they've got some stuff in place already, you know that there's a problem. And also on her video, she does talk, her, her most recent one, she does talk about, um, you know, so a couple of other aspects of this too, where in, um, I guess the first vaccine trials have already started. And if you haven't seen it already, and the FDA, I think, already put out something on it, um, that two people, and maybe more since then, but, but two people in the initial trials died. And... Um, from severe, severe adverse um, complications. And as they do these testing, these clinical trials, they must be done in a clinic where you can be resuscitated. Uh, that's a little bit scary, right? I mean, maybe that's the procedure. I've never actually ever been involved in any type of testing of any medication or vaccinations, nor will would I ever sign up to be a guinea pig for that because... It's just kind of scary, and especially with COVID vaccinations. So another thing she points out in her video, which I thought was really interesting, um, an interesting fact, uh, is that they've been working on trying to develop an effective COVID vaccine for a long time. Not just effective, but safe. Okay. And the issue with this, and you can actually, um, I'll leave a link to this article as well too, one of the biggest issues with the vaccine is that obviously, you know, when it's being transported, it has to be kept at an exact temperature, 80 degrees Celsius. Okay. And if it goes below a certain temperature, um, you know, and it has to actually be packed in dry ice and, and it can only be it only lasts for 10 days. So it has to be in, or sorry, negative 80 degrees Celsius. My apologies. Um, so, so it needs to be negative 80 degrees Celsius. It has to be kept. So it has to be kept in ultra cold freezers on dry ice, and it can only last for 10 days. I mean, it is so sensitive, right? And so actually my friend alerted me to this and I thought, well, that's really interesting. So it has to be kept at a super cold temperature. It's super sensitive and it only lasts for about 10 days. Other than that, um, it just, um, you know, it's effectiveness or, or whatever is in it just doesn't work anymore. 
so it's def definitely not safe um, to take after a certain period of time or effective, but what is it with the temperature issue? So I, th I thought about that. I sat on that for a couple of days and then I saw Amazing Polly's video and there were several different doctors from all around the world with longstanding good reputations who were speaking out about this vaccine and their, their concerns about this vaccine and were, are openly saying we will not take this vaccine and we will not recommend it to our patients. Well, with all that pushback in the healthcare community, um, you can imagine that their plans to administer this vaccine in such a way where it's going to, well, you, it's not going to be forced, but you won't have a life if you don't take it. Uh-huh. Right. So they're obviously putting in other measures because there's people in the medical community that, that are not supporting it. And even though they're not supporting it, well, guess what's happening? They're completely trying to do everything they can to shut them down. Some people they've completely shut down. I'm talking healthcare professionals who speak out about this. Um, in Switzerland, uh, there's one of the doctors on the video. He, they, the, the police just came into his uh, practice, arrested him, and put him in a mental institution. Um, this is just one example of what's happening. Um, others, their reputations have been totally ruined after, you know, 30, 40 years plus of having a solid, good, well-known reputation. And suddenly, because they speak out on the truth of this, that they don't have a good reputation anymore. So her video is definitely worth watching. It's very eye-opening. Um, she really put, did a good job of putting all this together. But here's the interesting thing about the cold temperatures of this vaccination. And one of the studies or one study that they've done several times, um, was the fact that, you know, once the person was vaccinated with this vaccine, this COVID vaccine that they've never been able to get right, um, that extreme heat is actually what causes the adverse effects. So if they had the subjects went near a fire, um, they became extremely ill. Okay. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And she didn't tie this in so much in her video, but I started to do a little bit of dot connecting on my own when it came to this, because, you know, for example, with 5g, Okay. So the 5g network is, I think the biggest issue with it is the radiation. Now we already get radiation through our devices, uh, on the 4g network. Okay. Even on the 3g, but the 4g definitely stronger. And you know, what's really interesting with prolonged use of my devices, my hands tend to get really hot. Sometimes my, even my face, if I have to do a lot of camera work, which I do in one of my projects, then, um, I notice that my face gets really hot. Um, and I just feel like, you know, if I take steps away from my devices for a little while, I tend to have a normal body temperature, but most days I'm using my devices. So I am looking at products that are going to block that radiation, but it seems that the biggest concern of 5G is the amount of radiation. And I think this is one key detail that a lot of people just aren't talking about. So when I, when I see that this needs to be at a 
um, such a cold temperature? Well, first of all, you're going to have it at such a cold temperature, then you're going to put the vaccine in a warm body. I mean, I don't, our bodies don't sit at negative 80 degrees Celsius, right? Um, and so it's going in a warm body. And if that warm body is also exposed to extreme heat temperatures, uh, for example, let's just say 5G radiation, right? So if you have this in your system and 5G, when 5G rolls out, you're going to have a host of problems, a host of health problems. And um, Bob Kennedy or Robert Kennedy did come out and he talked about some of this stuff about how this will alter people's um, DNA and health profiles so much that there is nothing that anyone can do to help them. It's just that is how concerning this vaccine is. And so um, it's, it's very concerning. They need these cold temperatures and they're not going to get them that easily. So only a limited number of vaccines are going out that they're going to test. And, and you know, what's last week or last episode, I talked about the elderly and those vulnerable. Well, guess who's going to get the vaccine first? Yep. It's our elderly, vulnerable um, people. It's the people who they're saying are the weakest. Well, you know, you can, you can do the math there. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions, but <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious what is happening there. So we have Poland rolling this out. We have Canada rolling this out. Um, I haven't, we obviously haven't heard anything about that in the U S because we're really focused on this fight. And I think that as things turn in Trump's favor, yes, I believe he is stalling some of this process. Um, I believe that, um, you know, if it was a, you know, for sure, 100% victory on Biden's side, we'd be seeing a lot different, a lot of different events happening in the U S. Um, so I looked up Italy cause I was obviously concerned, you know, we live here. I looked up Italy, Italy's getting something like 3.3 million, um, doses of the vaccine. And so what's going to happen is, is that they're going to administer that to healthcare providers and certain officials. And, uh, obviously the most vulnerable again, will also get it. And I'm also very concerned about that. But what I'm really concerned about too, and, and even in the U.S., the Army Times came out and said that um, that government workers are going to be the first ones to receive the vaccine. What I find really concerning about all of this, last year, I believe it was like last October, there's a couple of different videos that there's one specific one from a leader. Um, I think it's the premier of Ontario, if I'm not mistaken. I need to double check that though. Uh, I'm going to find that video and link it so you can see it for yourself. It's a little bit shocking, but she's on the news receiving her quote unquote flu vaccine. This is before, you know, the uh, so-called COVID outbreak. So she's receiving her flu vaccine and you can see it's a fake. It's a just, it's the most fake thing Ever. You can, if you just, the camera's right on it and it just looks like a needle with a, to make it look like it was being, you know, um, put in the skin. So it was like a prop from maybe a kid's toy or something. It was awful. And 
Um, I guess if you watched it back then, you weren't really looking for anything. But now that people are really waking up and figuring things out, now we're looking for these anomalies um, a, a lot more and we're seeing them so much easier than we used to. So she's out there getting this, you know, encouraging people to get their flu vaccine with this fake vaccine needle going into her arm. So she's doing it publicly. Now, what concerns me is when they say that all these, um, you know, uh, government officials and certain people are going to get the vaccine. Listen, um, if the vaccine is as deadly as a lot of these, uh, you know, healthcare professionals are, and they keep censoring them and shutting them down and all that kind of stuff. I, I guarantee you that there aren't going to be any um, government officials that are taking this because you know why? They know that something's not right about this. And they're aware that there's, there are dangers involved. They themselves are not including them in it. But if they make us think this, and everything looks kosher, like they're okay. There's no problems with them. Yeah, because they're not going to take the vaccine. And then we're going to see people, but we're going to see some damage amongst the elderly. I, I'm just curious to know what their story is going to be. Or are they choosing people? Are they going to flip their script and choose, you know, other people to, to do this that maybe don't have, you know, immediate immune problems, but it almost doesn't seem to matter with some of the research and the concerns that the medical community does have about this. It almost doesn't really matter what your age is, or if you have a lot of autoimmune problems. Um, it just seems that it could bring some of those things on and any kind of weakness you have in your body could get worse. Um, and turn into something else. But we really don't know at this point because it just seems really rushed. And they're also concerned like there's never been an effective, like they couldn't do one for SARS or anything. Those are all in the coronavirus family. They were never able to create a safe and effective vaccine. So we shouldn't be taking one. And I think the way they're going to get people on board with this is like I just said, they're going to uh, quote unquote administer it to uh, select people in government and, you know, healthcare and things like that. And maybe they'll actually get something, but I don't think they'll actually get the vaccine. Um, because if you have, um, the government and healthcare workers dropping dead or having severe adverse effects that are affecting their lives, um, yeah, that's not going to be very good for their optics that they want to keep going. And for them, optics are huge and they'll keep those optics going in any way possible. They'll go to any length possible. Okay. And you have to remember that. So really watch for that. Uh, I'm not saying a hundred percent that I'm, I'm on the right track. This could be one scenario. And the problem with the deep state um, I mean, they're just, there's a lot of problems, but the main problem is, is that they do have several different agendas and plans in force. And we don't really know which, um, which direction they're going to go because I think they don't know. I think they're waiting to see what happens. They're also waiting to see what happens with Joe Biden. And I think this is why we have so much censorship um, because then, you know, these platforms, they are not, they have no allegiance to you or I or Donald Trump or anybody, especially people who want freedom and who are patriots of the, of, um, this country and 
and anyone who believes in freedom, they have no allegiance to us. They have no allegiance to anyone. Their allegiance is to the people who are paying the money, the people that they, um, they owe something to. And you have to remember there's nothing but a string of blackmail that goes on and on. Like the deep state knows exactly what they're doing. They have somehow trapped these companies into joining forces or doing a lot of their dirty work. So their job is to censor in order to hide as much as possible and to conceal their true plans and conceal the true identity and plans of the people behind the curtains and, and to keep them in the shadows. And so of course, if they, if they are making their, their deep state, you know, their, their people at the top in the shadows think as well that, uh, yeah, no, no, Joe Biden definitely got in, you know, things like that then that's good news for them. They can keep going. I personally don't believe they wanted, I believe, sorry, that they did not want to be putting these plans in force as quickly because I feel like everything's very sloppy right now. It's kind of like they've put their plans out there. And then what's really funny is last week I talked about how the media kind of backtracked and said, well, uh, it's all conspiracy theory. We're not going to force vaccinate. Well, if you word it like, oh, well, you, you do have a choice, but then you have no privileges. Yeah, I guess uh, it's all in the wording, really. And so they are right um, about that, but it's, they're not right. You, you, get, you get what I'm saying. So um, yeah. So as we continue to see more of this flipping in Trump's favor, um, we're going to see that really come on strong over the next week or two. Um, it's going to be pretty obvious. Trump's going to be on the top and Biden's going to be defending on the bottom. And uh, it's going to get really ugly, folks, um, you know, because there's a lot of angry people and not just on one side. I would say on all sides, there's a lot of angry people and this has had some time to fester and to grow. So remember that the riots and things like that, that we saw earlier this year in the summer, um, that's nothing compared to what we're going to see. Um, we already have, a, you, if you're, if you aren't aware of it, there are already a lot of neighborhood watch programs that have had time to build momentum and, you know, any of the anarchists who want their, you know, they're, they're obviously controlled by higher powers that want control and want to cause chaos. Um, they've had a lot of time for their anger to fester. And you've seen some of the videos that have come out from, and I cannot remember her name. I really do apologize. I was going to find that and I, it completely slipped my mind, but she, came out calling out Biden and Harris. And in her video, um, first of all, she put out a video threatening Trump supporters and, uh, you know, basically calling out all of the anarchists as <laughs> basically tell them, you know what to do. Um, and I think she's actually lost her job. I know she was in an official position like high up in government and I think she's pretty much starting to lose everything and is under some investigation. But she put a video out calling out Biden and Harris and basically said, you owe me. I put you, you guys owe me. I've put everything on the line for you. Um, 
and she's, she means business. Um, so to me, that's very telling. I see a couple of things there. Obviously she was used in there, you know, to, you know, put some forces together to enforce some stuff. And, um, so she was obviously used for that. And, uh, also if they do not win, then she loses everything and it gets bad. So there's, there's some threatening going on there as well. And she's been out there very vocal, very obvious, um, what's going on with that. Um, and so if you listen actually to the X-22 report, he does put, um, those videos and those audio together really well with his research. And, um, I'll link to that last episode where he puts that there. And he found that very interesting and very telling as well too. So this is where I'm going to end this off and say, as we see this flip, things are going to fest are, are festering as we speak. And they're going to get worse because in the end, it will end up in the Supreme court. 100% this election will. And, um, from what I'm seeing with the massive amounts of election fraud, it's looking more likely more and more with my theories. And again, I, I don't think I'm right on everything, but with my theories that Trump will win. So let's look at that scenario. Um, if Trump wins the election, um, and everything is proven on, you know, all the fraud and everything else, it will come to light and people are going to be angry. Even if the truth is staring them in the face, they are going to be angry that their candidate didn't get in. And there's a lot on the line here. For them, because many people have sacrificed a lot, and some of those people will probably find themselves, well, in jail or some type of criminal or life consequences. Who really knows? Um, so those people are going to be super angry, and there's also going to be that sort of story or idea floating around out there that uh, Trump stole the election and he did all this stuff. And so that narrative is going to be out there and it's going to cause even more anger and frustration and even good people that maybe aren't necessarily anarchists. Unfortunately, it's going to extract or draw out some of their anger and frustration and they will be brought into the streets. Unfortunately, we're going to see things that we are not, it's not going to be good. And, um, even, and then of course, if you've got these neighborhood watch programs and people, you've got a lot of ex-military, a lot of people that are patriotic and they want to protect their families. They're going to be protecting themselves out in the suburbs and they are angry about what they're seeing going on in the election. And I don't blame them. I don't really, can't really blame anyone for what's being sort of drawn out, but I look at, I'm taking a look at it through a window and kind of going, well, I can understand, but at the same time, you know, there's no sense in getting violent, but I do believe that we should, if we have to, we should be able to defend ourselves. And I believe for many people, maybe some of you listening, you may find yourself in that position and Hey, let's hope that that doesn't happen. Right. But be prepared for the outcome to either way, if Joe Biden gets in, it's going to be ugly. If Trump gets in, it's going to be ugly. But I think it's going to be worse um, when and if Trump gets, um, you know, you know, assumes his position and he continues moving forward with what he's doing. But of course, we're going to see the ramp up of the Great Reset all over, and they're already starting to phase it in bit by bit. 
And you know, what's really scary and amazing. Polly actually said, I just know a lot of people who are just like, well, when that vaccine comes out, I'm going to line up and be the first one to take it because I want to get back to normal. That's how desperate people are. That's the corners that they've driven people to. And it was really interesting. You know, we were, um, we picked up a couple for a church yesterday. They're actually from Africa and, uh, living here in Italy. And, you know, we were talking and he said the exact same thing. It was the first time I ever heard anybody say that, um, because I'm not really hearing that I'm hearing a lot more pushback on the vaccine than I am anything else. And he said, yeah, I just want to get that so we can get back to normal and stop all this control. And uh, we had a very interesting conversation after that. And I think he realized, hmm, I really need to do some research on this. And I said, I absolutely think that that is a great idea before you jump in on that. Um, and so, again, he, we got to be careful. And I know they've pushed people into these these corners of desperation, like they just want to get back to normal. They don't want to be wearing masks. They don't want to have their businesses shut down. And it just goes on and on. The answer, it really will begin, I guess, with stop electing the same people. (laughs) And I'm talking like the same local leaders and stop putting those, if they're acting like tyrants now and doing all this, why are we keeping them there? That That's a good place to start. Um, other things to remember too, is that much of what they are doing is unconstitutional. And I love how Dave from the Explanatory Report puts this. He says, you know, the constitution isn't canceled because there's a pandemic. It still is in full operation. You can still go see your family members uh, in the hospital. If you tell them that you're going to sue them, absolutely, because it's unconstitutional, they have no choice. You know, if you talk to a lawyer, if you have a family member in the hospital that they're keeping you from, I would uh, talk to a lawyer, get a really good one and uh, get some understanding on it and uh, act accordingly, because I guarantee you, you know, and I do know some people who have used that argument and it's worked for them. Uh you know, same with masks. I mean, I know there's a lot of different ideas with masks, but okay. So a a business can decide who comes in. Um, and so that that's their prerogative. Um, but you know, if you don't really want to wear a mask, you don't have to, um, there's nothing in the constitution that says you have to, if you know, for me, if I wear it for a few minutes, I start to have breathing issues and I feel like I'm going to pass out and I'm not the only one that feels this way. So, Uh, these are just things to keep in mind. You know, there's little things that if we do our research and start standing up and saying no, then we can start affecting change. And this is what they don't want. The social distancing had so many agendas involved. And one of them, I believe the major one is we can't be coming together and banding together. And with that here in Italy on Christmas Eve and Christmas day and on new year's day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, we cannot leave our village, like our township. Like we live in a little village here. Most people do. We can't leave our area. So that means we can't have people over. We can't go over to anyone's house. Um, We stay at home and we only celebrate Christmas with the person or people in our household or in our village. And obviously here, we don't have any family. Many people do have families that live in the same village here, but it's, um, the difference is, is that 
it's not always the case, but they, they're just in their culture used to gathering in large groups, right? So I don't know how they're going to enforce this. I haven't seen anything on that. We can't even leave our region. Um, you know, we can't do, my husband and I can't shop in the same store together. I mean, it is the craziest time. Um, and I told you about the restaurants and things like that. There is just so much happening here that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's backing people into corners where they will be desperate to get this vaccine and do whatever they tell them to do. We can't buckle to this. We can't let America become like this. And people, I believe, know this. They're aware of this. They're fighting for this. And it's never too late to join in the fight. It's never too late to share one of our episodes or other, you know, um, pieces of information from other fringe news sources. It's never too late to start putting it out there. You might get pushback. Absolutely. I got deleted off Facebook and, but I found that there were far more people that were interested in figuring out some, you know, taking a look at all this from a different perspective that I was welcomed by a lot of people with the information and no, it didn't fly with everyone, but it never will. It'll never be a hundred percent. It would be nice, but I just don't think that that's the way it goes. If so, then there wouldn't have to be as much of a fight. And so, you know, it's so important to remember that, um, we can do things every single day and become educated on other levels and figure out what, what protections we actually do have in the constitution and act accordingly. Once we do that, we're empowered. And this is, this is the thing. They don't want us to be empowered with knowledge and understanding of what our rights are and what our freedoms are, because obviously we're seeing on a grand global scale, a taking of many freedoms based on a pandemic. But now obviously with, if you're going to pull the, we're going to give you consequences if you don't vaccinate scenario. Well, we're looking at something else now we have to be, I mean, if the COVID restrictions weren't enough, now we're looking at forced vaccination. And again, if it's so great, why do you have to force people to take it? Anyway, keep this in mind. You know, everyone have a safe week and, uh, you know, do your due diligence, figure out what your rights are and uh, start standing up and uh, not taking this anymore because uh, things are going to change drastically over the next few months. And as the election results get, they start to wrap up, be prepared, be prepared for what that outcome is going to be. Either way, it's not going to be pretty. Anyway, take care, be safe and uh, don't forget to like and uh, subscribe and share this episode if you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye.